Are you tired of the same old music on your commute? Want to be informed and entertained at the same time? Introducing Anchor, the easiest way to create and distribute your own podcast. With Anchor, you can record and edit your audio straight from your phone and share it with the world in just a few taps. And with Anchor's built-in tools, you can add music and sound effects, collaborate with friends and co-hosts, and even monetize your podcast with sponsored messages. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a first-time podcaster, Anchor makes it easy to share your voice and stories with the world. Download Anchor now and start podcasting today. Music, motivation, and positively obnoxious. That's me. It's the Tony Gabbard Show! Hey guys, this is Tony Gephardt, and we're back again for the Tony Gephardt Show, episode number three for season two. I've got one of my long-term, uh, long-time friends here, and just like a, I don't, even, I don't even know how to put it into words. He's goofy, he's magnificent, he's a talented musician, great fucking personality. Um, right here in Michigan, I, I say right here like I'm there in Michigan. I, I'm definitely not in Michigan right now, but uh, Kevin Reeves, Kevin Reeves is uh, is in is in the studio today. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, before I start, I have to do the most important, you know, the really pretentious people that are like, before I sing, I must do the thing right now. Like, okay. You know those guys that, so I have to do that right now. I have to do the really pretentious thing because I cannot start a show without doing something like. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Oh, Turn on, we... not disturb. Do not disturb is off. I No. Turn on. Do not disturb. <laughs> Okay. That's the thing we have to do before every, sh- you know, before a show starts. Because That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is so awesome. Man, it's so good to see you and hear your voice. I know it's been a little while since we've gotten a chance to get on Clubhouse and, and hang out and do stuff with music and stuff like that. But uh, shoot, man, what what's good? How's your weekend? Uh, it's been good. I just I just got back uh, from Traverse City. I'm now in GR. I didn't I know, know if you knew this. Woo. Yeah, okay, Woo-hoo. you did know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so... I'm in GR, <clears throat> kind of in the Walker area, um, and uh, I wish I was a Texas Ranger, but I'm just in Walker. So, uh, but I was I had a gig. This was my first weekend to test the can I jump on a Greyhound keyboard on backpack and go play a gig stay at my parents' house and then come back and figure out how to make that a, some kind of sustainable income. So we're, we're, um, <clears throat> it was first experiment. So that's what I've been doing this weekend. Um, and, uh, so I got back earlier today cause you know, that bus going into GRs at like three forty-five. that route's been there since. Oh, it's been there for a hot minute. I started taking that in 97. So it's been there and, and, it's so reliable. It's so damn reliable. It is just there's something about this like little Michigan corridor. Oh man, from Kalamazoo up to up to you know. Well, it's literally you're going all the way from Kalamazoo all the way past the bridge. But man, people do this corridor all the time like it's commuter. So oh, it's I, fantastic, I, isn't it? I gotta get used to it because. Now, do I'm you gonna, do Indian trails ever, or is it just Greyhound? No, no, this is Indian trails. Okay, I always, okay. I always say Greyhound because you're buying it through there, but Indian trails, and I love it. I know three of the drivers. They know who I am. They know yep. what I'm. If they spot me, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, if they spot me, they're, they're, you know, all up in my business and it's great. We're all chatting and talking and yeah, and, there you so, go. Anyway. So that's, that's awesome. What's, uh, where I've been, um, or what I've been doing this weekend, but that's good. Uh, you're hanging. I was going to say something to you and I forgot what it was. So I guess if that, maybe if you get a call at three in the morning, I'll be like, Hey man, I remember you might <laughs> 11 labs my voice in saying a certain thing there you go man that, that's actually one of the hot topics right now is like all of the ai that's been floating around man and i gotta say have chat gpt for one i've been using it religiously actually for productivity at my work and I'll just give you like an example. Some people would call it lazy, but truth is you still got to know what the hell you're prompting it to do. You got to go in and actually make corrections. You know, you can't always trust what the machine learning puts out. So you have to make those changes. But I'll give you an example. Like I, I have to do a lot of monthly reports and a lot of documentation for my job generally takes me hours to do so. But I experimented with this and did about six hours of work in 45 minutes. Yep. It's just like that. It's this 80-20 rule. Anybody, 
you know, look, everybody needs to go. If you're interested in things like this, because there are people that that just think that a bunch of us sit here and blather about nothing with we talk about this 80 20 and but read the four hour work week it's it's the greatest mind hack uh you'll ever read um by tim ferris but we need to think about like using this stuff to hack our lives for the better and the the better of people around us so people people have always been kind of on this like this technology is going to kill this technology this technology is going to ruin this technology right and so i look at this and i go no but look what we're doing you know look what we're able to to say hey look i've got i've got brain width you know mental bandwidth for a certain thing but i've got to go in and figure out a bunch of minutia that I just don't have the bandwidth for. But yet now I can go onto this computer and say, look, <clears throat> can you just narrow down my universe of possibilities? That's really all this AI stuff is doing for a lot of us. Sure. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it, it's just narrowing down the universe of possibilities of, of things that you could and give you an idea. Here's something that is a possibility for you to look at. Now, if, if you're, if you're, you know, if your attitude is I need, now I need not do nothing because, you know, in the, what is that song in the year 25, 25, where they're talking about a, you know, a pill doing it, you know, <laughs> everything you do and say is on the pill that you took today or whatever. So some people are going to be douchey like that. They're like, fine, I got AI chat GPT copy paste, and I don't need to do nothing because I shouldn't have to. And then you're just cheating yourself or your clients or whatever it is that you're, whatever work you're trying to do. Right. But the people that are like, I could really use the help. Let me give you an example. You know, Matt Turner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Matt Turner sent me a text message yesterday and he goes, look at this. This is what I told it to make. I'm making an air gigs profile. <laughs> and I said, he said, I, I want to make a thing for backing tracks. And what? Why not? I read it. It's yeah. fine. I would hire that guy. Well, I'd hire him. Anyway. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing. What, did, are we going to are we going to look at a guy like Matt Turner, who's like this brilliant musician and, you know, wants to get some work? And why should he take 45 minutes out of his day to maybe maybe he's not comfortable writing about himself? A lot of us aren't. Yeah. Like, well, what the hell am I going to write? Why well, should it, I sit here and it's, it's assistive, right? I mean, and I think that's just it, is the mindset of looking at it from an assistive standpoint. Because you know, not, if to, not to interject. Sorry. Like this. No, but if, but if you're in my shoes and you're a depressive. Yeah. And you have a choice between giving up or maybe allowing a computer to do to to point you in a direction that's going to get you more towards that dopamine hit. If you're me, you're giving up. If you're me, you're going to go, screw it. I'm going to go lay in bed. I don't want to. Do you know how many times that I've like wanted to put something together that was like, maybe I had to go out of my comfort zone in my most depressive state. And it could have been the thing that like bore me some amazing fruit. And I said, screw it. It's too much work. And right, so right. if we lighten the load just a little bit, because, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have a good day of writing where I felt okay making an air gigs profile. That was a long time ago. It worked for me. But if I had had that today, I would have done exactly what Matt did. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Hell yeah. And then I would have sent it to my friends and go, I wrote this in chat GBT. What do you think? And if Matt, if you're listening to this, I, I'm sorry, I didn't respond. I was on a bus, but I did share it on Facebook. So that, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it, brother. I'm telling you, it's all mentality that surrounds it. Like I wrote an entire business plan for Fright Night Media, my multimedia company. I spent two hours sitting down, feeding this, feeding GPT, all of the operations, every aspect of my business, what it does, what it stands for, it's publishing, it's backstory, it's, it's, you know, it's projectory, everything. And it gave me an entire business plan that I can go in and tweak, make little subtle changes, but it did probably 10 hours of work in about two hours. I'm just telling you, like, that's what I'm talking about. And look at me now, right? Like, look at us. We're still motivated. We're still feeling it. But it's like having an assistant. 
It is. And, it, and again, when you're like me that can get dragged down by a bunch of things that are unmotivators, uh, because mental health, uh, that's what this podcast stands for. Journey, right. So yeah, like, like, think of how how can we use chat gpt to hack our mental health i'm all over this because now if i'm if i'm losing executive function which is a lot of times i can go to the computer and go okay so i'm i'm gonna either not make a decision because somebody asked me to write a bio and now i'm gonna get all butthurt and sabotage about it self-sabotage and go well what the hell am i gonna write about i'm really nobody and i don't blah 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 blah, blah. but i go to a computer and it, it it gives me that little bit of here's what you can write because here's the information you gave me. I'm just spitting it back in a different order so you can look at it and maybe it'll jangle the neurons a little bit. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. I can do this. And then look what you just did, you know? Yeah. And so I'm thinking about ways we can hack this, um, you know, for the, for the betterment of others. I've had Sean Keen over at uh, total tech solutions. Great sending, guy. Shout out to uh, you, Sean. Yeah. Chat GPT script suggestions for a radio ad. Oh man, it does so, so well. So now it's not like he he doesn't have to be like, can you write an ad that has bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And then I go and I take that and I go, okay, so I'm gonna connect these bullet points with words like and the and the blah, blah, blah. Or he says, here's kind of what I'm thinking. I had this do this in like five minutes. And then I gave it to my girlfriend. And so here, now watch this. This is this is how the seed germinates. Sean does a thing on ChatGPT. He says, "I need this down to thirty seconds." We're all twisting our heads, going, "How the hell are we going to do this?" I give this to my girlfriend, and then she writes up a whole other permutation of this, which started from a ChatGPT that somebody sent in Texas. And then it turned into a script that's being slowly, you know, that's we're adopting into a couple of different radio ads. But that's where it goes like chat GPT equal plus humans equal things that work. So yes. and I've been really messing with 11 labs. I've been doing a lot of 11 labs. Oh, isn't it great? Um, it's you know, something and else. And, and I've got a bunch of ideas. On how <laughs> my, my brain is going 90 miles an hour uh, because it, it usually does. I had this thought. <laughs> Everybody's worried about 11. So for here's here's an example like, you know Mike Moran. Yeah. Okay. So I ha I have Mike Moran uh doing Sean's but it goes back to Sean's uh daily. And so he 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 read he gave me two reads of a script that was written in ChatGPT. Uh he did give me two reads of that script which I was going to which I used like 99% of it. Then what I did was I took both of those takes and I knocked them into 11 labs. And then I took Mike's voice and Sean would put up to like, can you now make it say coupon code this guy? Okay. So I just do this and I just do this and I just do this. And I'm thinking in my head as a, as a content creator, I'm thinking, okay, I'm doing this and this is very convenient and this is helping me out. But look at all the money that Mike's losing. Yeah. Because essentially and I already talked to Mike and I said, Hey man, I want to clone your voice. And I need just need to be able to use you, you know, you, I don't want to, I don't want you to have to feel like you have to go back and cause this is like a friend doing something for a friend. And I'm not going to be like, you know, cause I'm doing some barter work from him, but I'm not going to be like, you know, here, do eight more permutations of this that we just came up with. Right. Right. As I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, wait a minute, there is a way to do this honorably. We've got to redraw up like contracts. So if you go in Nashville, if you, if you live in Nashville, there's a, there's a system of there's a, it's like this this payment system that happens where if I sing on a demo, so there's like, you know, a country songwriter maybe or whatever who who can't sing very well but wants a song pitchable, they, they need me to sell it to uh, the publisher that's going to get, you know, Jason Aldean to cut it or whatever, right? So I'm just like the demo singer. I get paid a lower rate. But if I'm like, let's say, uh, let, let's say a guitar player in Nashville wanted to do a, a record, but he doesn't know any singers or I mean, he's not a singer, sorry. And he gets a bunch of people to sing on a record. And he goes, I wrote this song. I want you to sing on this record. I get a higher rate because that's a master recording. So now let's look at a contract for voiceover work. We have, I hire you for a certain amount of reads for, you know, however many uh, minutes of audio at a price. And then I'm going to tack on 
you know, if I feel like I want a couple more hours or a couple more minutes of, of audio tweakable AI, so AI corrected minutes of audio, I should still pay you for because mm -hmm. that is your voice. That is your intellectual property. Mm -hmm. So what if, what if this was like a, what if somebody set up a clearing house of like, so for example, audible, we take, we, we have, you get audible, uh, narrators to sign a, um, to sign like a, um, an agreement that says we want to take all of your books that you've narrated <clears throat> and turn them into a voice print. And we want to make this available to audible creative exchange. So for a lower price, a book uh, or, or an author can say, I want Jeff Hayes to narrate my book, but I don't have a Jeff Hayes budget, but I don't want Jeff Hayes not to get paid for that. Right. So what we do is you work out this thing where Jeff Hayes narrates a book via AI. It is a lower price for this person. It's not going to be perfect because it's not a performance. It is a it is a generated audiobook. <clears throat> so the cost for for that to happen for that uh, uh, author is much cheaper. But then Jeff Hayes is making a little bit while he sleeps. Right. It's still it's still residual. You know, it's still it's still, it's still residual yeah. that will never, ever replace somebody hiring Jeff Hayes for the real deal and saying, I need you to do a book with all your characters. That's not ever going to replace that. But if we could say, I want something a little better than Microsoft Sam and then maybe a voiceover guy gets paid for it. Imagine that in the world of audio description. Do you, do you well, actually, that was one thing I wanted to get into here in a minute. Do you think Amazon, you know, cause we've already seen Microsoft invest over a billion dollars in chat GPT. Do you think Amazon is going to make that next step and, and, and make an investment in one of these AI tools? Let's find out. Alexa, do you think Amazon will make an investment in chat GPT? Alexa, I'm glad I didn't have a gate. Go. I don't even know what you heard, but you know what? We, we queried the Oracle and it let us down. Yep. <laughs> so I want to, I, I want to talk to you really quick about that whole audio description thing. Yes. Because one thing I was thinking about, and I want to get your take on this. Cause I know you, you have, you probably have an amazing perspective on this is GPT four is has been trialed and has been utilized and i i pay for G, gpt plus so i've been using gpt4 and they've been implementing that in be my eyes and in uh envision ai you know some of those apps for the blind and though it, they are not as available for public use they have been showing some previews do you think that Instead of using Ira, we can start using ChatGPT4 to describe our surroundings. Yes, uh, and here's why. Um, and and this is this is a polarizing topic to some, um, but I think most people are on our side. We all know that Ira is not necessarily priced for the 99.9 percenters, right? So we realize that in economics, when understand that when you have a brilliant service that you charge unfortunately way too much for people who are probably smarter than their own good are going to try to undercut you so understand that like what's going on exactly what you're talking about is is this response to because anybody who's like thinking that we should you know like i really think we got to find a way to undercut ira but i don't think this stuff should be free either Mm. Unless it's volunteer, like obviously be my eyes is volunteer. But if we had a really good set of mobile, you know, mobile, uh, like virtual interpreters, visual interpreters sure, that sure. that were priced at a, at a point where it was almost like a like a ride share service, but you're paying for it. So you're getting a little bit higher quality or you are you are consistent quality, because let me let me let's be real there are some amazing people on be Myas that would that could literally run circles around some of the ira agents oh there really is absolutely so, so no like my whole thing is i i, I want to see all of this happen and i still want to see people get paid for this right. like this is a service that we need rendered and how do we how do we pay for that service in a way that's convenient for us because it's it's one of these things where i do believe that I don't know where the disconnect is, where you you ha you you put a service out, and you 
you know that you've got a lot of blind people who are, you know, on these fixed incomes and you, you've priced them in a place where, and I'm not even going to be like, look, people can whine all they want about things. They need to be free because I'm on a fixed income. And that's not even where we're going. We're going to the place where like most of my friends who have better jobs than I do are saying, I can't afford it. Mm. And I'm just a, I, you know, I'm, I'm a musician, man. I, I live the 1099 <laughs> life, right? The 1099 life. That's right. <laughs> my, my life is, I live 1090 blind, right? Uh, so that's so right. I almost said it like Kenneth journey blind, blind. blind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's this thing where like, there's a bunch of us that can't afford it. And instead of bitching about it, we're like, there's a bunch of us that are actively figuring out, like um, we've been doing uh, clubhouse experiments where we've been sharing our route with people on Apple maps and being on FaceTime and walking through a, uh, you know, like a street and going, what do you see? Can we get us to the, like the, the place we're trying to go? Cause we're trying to figure out how to hack it together. Because, um, if you're, if you're a 99.9 percenter like me, you're doing everything with tape and twine yeah. and you're trying to make brilliance out of nothing. Right. And so uh, somebody's going to figure this out. Be my eyes is well on its way. And I, I wish that be my eyes would, would be able to eventually incorporate some other interesting services that because really be my eyes is showing itself to be this like modular lego blocks kind of formula where it's like well first it started with you know uh, uh you know like a little basic video call on your phone then it went to um now we can do the microsoft thing where we can you know get you into your google account or we can help you with your if you're not getting speech and then it's like adding this and adding this and then they're like the services they're incorporating from are these other modules like here we just put the ai module in yeah maybe Maybe they'll put the blind square module in. Maybe, Maybe they, they will, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, could you could you see this happening as it unfolds? Like, all they need to do is just think about like what you know, what do we want it to do, and where can we just you know acquire and partner with some other people to acquire some tech and and you know. But those guys are brilliant. Oh, they are absolutely. Alex uh, Alexander over at Be My Eyes. He's just yeah. down to earth, humble, innovative, very smart. I will smart. say, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of the name. I think that if if I were him and I were being, oh, I were doing branding, I would have called it something like Visicist. Be My Eyes really just kind of sounds. It has always sounded custodial, but again, I'm I'm really just an ideas guy, not a businessman. So I come up with all these ideas and I throw them out, and I you know names and branding and like right. little flourishes of words are kind it's of something my, you're good at, yeah. And so Visicist. Now we had one called Be Specular, and that was a little bit weird because it sounded like Be Speculum, and I'm not sure how I felt about that. It was a little. <laughs> But I guess it worked great. I, that that's the one I never used. I always used Tap Tap C, which I renamed to which Keurig K cup is this? Yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I have a question for you. This is yeah. this one is a is a topic that I think both you and I can relate to. So as a musician myself, and I and I'll, I want to talk about your music here in a minute too, because I want to spotlight that on the podcast and maybe uh, play a song at the end. Is that um, you know, as a musician myself, right? One of the biggest things that we rely on, especially as blind content creators and musicians, is we struggle with the graphics designing. We usually have to find somebody else on our team or, you know, do some outsourcing work, maybe through Fiverr or maybe through, you know, a, a personal friend who is a graphics designer to, in, you know, to envision a, uh, um, you know, a logo or a design, album artwork, whatever it may be. And now we're seeing Dolly AI and and we're seeing uh, runway. We're seeing all these AI tools that are text to image generators. And with the addition of Chat GPT four, with those tools, I feel like within three hundred sixty five days or less, a blind person will be able to create and design their own graphics design for a project. Have it described in intricate detail as alternative text and for ver verification publish it without any assistance from sighted eyes at all so i was thinking about this i was thinking about this a couple of years ago uh-huh and this is before i knew anything about ai uh i, I was like because I, I, I didn't know anything about machine learning i just thought well so here here's what i was thinking about imagine a company 
that you you went on this. So let's take I, I always order from a company called gotprint.com. They're brilliant. But I hire I hire uh, sighted people to design my thing. I they you know I say I need a card done, and they say what okay where am I going? I say go to Gotprint, look at those you know look at those templates, what they require, and then just make make me something and 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 uh, whatever and you know I pay them for it. But imagine if I went onto a site like Gotprint, and there was some kind of tool where it, it you know that was accessible where you could say I'm making a flyer, and it would do a wizard. So it would start with. The first line in a flyer looks like this, and it has a large font, and it is usually your title. Type what you, you know, this is what you're going to type here. And so what it's doing is it's it's telling you what a visual rule of thumb is. Usually here at the top, we put a photo. Would you like to add one? If so, browse. Then what it does is it it takes all of this data and like shrinks the photo down and then it tells you things like, OK, a lot of times you can see text wrapping around the inside of the photo with your next block of text. Where would you like it to go under to the right to the left around inside? And then it's looking to say, here's the problem. The opacity of this photo is blocking the text. We are going to need to change the opacity that so that and you explain these visual concepts. There are some people. Uh, there are some people that don't understand them. I've been blind my entire life, but I'm a 100% synesthete. So because of all of my synesthesia, I understand visual concepts, even though in, in a really bizarro, surrealistic way uh, that I could never really explain to people, but I understand them in a way that my brain, that works for my brain. So if right. I had a, it's like, you know, if you're gonna make an, uh, a, an album cover with track listings, it could give you some examples. It could say, here's some of the most common ones, the tracks going around the CD or the tracks going here, 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 whatever the 90s just called about their CDs. Why the hell did I just bring that up? <laughs> AI was making a CD. What the hell is wrong with this? There you go. Yeah. Now we got 3D printers infused with AI. <laughs> now, now let's take that a step further. We're talking about business card flyer. What about a WordPress theme? There you go. Yeah. You go in and you you um, imagine somebody like Amanda Rush building something like this. So it's like this AI generated um, plugin that obviously still requires people to, to manage it. So it's not like we're trying to put Amanda out of a job, but imagine a whole thing where it's a theme generator. And it says, would you like your header on the left, right or top? And it explains to you instead of just giving you a radio, a bunch of radio buttons that says header position. It explains to you what this would look like. And, um, and, and so it would say, we, you know, you can have your links that people see go across the top or you can have them go down the left side uh -huh. and, and, um, and as you make these decisions, um, and maybe you just say, I don't care, do whatever, but it's doing it with a bunch of machine learning. So if I say, um, I want to, I'm, I'm a rock musician that sounds like Motley Crue and we use that as a not that we were going to build a website that looks like motley crew but we take all of that data well what's motley crew's branding logos look like what does that all look like and we go okay so you're looking for that kind of badass 80s metal hair guy rah, you know okay we're gonna make a website like that and it does it really well yeah like there's no reason why we couldn't do any of this no absolutely i mean when you're when you look at all the tools that are there you know you have gpt which can do all of the textual based research to understand the descriptive elements the visuals and then you ink and then you implement that with something like dolly ai or or mind generator or, or runway or all these other tools and you build that api right and you build that platform because all of these all of these uh ai tools have uh, almost 99% of them have open source APIs, which essentially for those who, who don't understand that basically means you can access the code, the inner workings of the of those machine learning tools so that you can implement them into your workflow. So you can so build the product. My, my thought on this is um, you you've seen Alan Holst's rooms on Clubhouse. Have you have you seen him? He's got his crowdsource blindness solutions thing on Monday night, and there, there's a bunch of esoteric topics that they talk about. Everything from like, you know, using Clubhouse with voiceover to taking pictures of of um, grocery items in a grocery store so that you you're you get your assistants giving you the right food. It's brilliant. The stuff oh, that he nice. comes up with is brilliant. Now, he has he has this concept of 
There are two things in the world when it comes to how to, you know, when we make stuff work on a computer, there's a tool and a handle. And if you don't have either, you can't make the thing run. So the, the AI is all the tools. These are all the little tools, the saws, the blades. What we're doing is hacking together handles. So we're saying, how do we make something that uses the tool to drill the hole to do the thing? And so instead of people sitting back and going, somebody needs to make a thing that does something, nothing, something, we can literally, five of us log on to Clubhouse and go, I don't know anything about this. How does this work? Can we make this? Well, we can't, but maybe we can bring somebody in who's willing to talk to us about how. And then somebody figures one little thing out. Look at the Reaper community. People are talking all day long about like, you know, hey, I just built a Reaper script for this guy that does a weird thing and then remortgages your home and then and then like puts the bat signal up on the moon. And and it's the thing that somebody really needed for their show or their their recording. And it literally like took 80 minutes off of their day. Yeah, there you this go. Is the kind of, this is what's beautiful is we don't have to sit back and hope a developer does something. Right. We can literally walk up next to a developer and go, is this possible? And if it is, what kind of money, what kind of money are we talking? And, and where, where do we get that? And this is new things that I'm thinking about. And I know nothing. And I, I don't want to see about it. <laughs> I want to be about it. And there's a lot of this I don't know. Man, I, I got a segue for a slight second. So I was watching some YouTube videos and kind of I, I always watch AI content all the time. And I think everybody should just keep keep up to date with all the new tools out there. And as a side note, a shameful plug for a website called Future Tools IO. Um, what that what they do is they will list all the new AI tools that are coming out in real time. And you can find them. It'll it'll organize them in various lists as far as paid, unpaid, freeware, all sorts of descriptions, completely accessible for uh, screen reader users. Um, but anyways, there one of the videos I was watching was how to make instant money with AI, right? And we're now seeing all of these artificially ran businesses. I'll give you an example. There uh-huh. was one there was one called Remade, and what they do is they build custom resume templates that they sell online, and they they make it on an average. It's it's such a clever idea. Like this business, they make thirty thousand dollars average a month alone on this business model, and you're talking a ninety percent profit margin. I mean, what? are we doing you know what i mean just and it and it only requires maybe 30 percent you 70 percent ai right mm-hmm. plugging the ideas into chat gpt taking those and then taking them to dolly ai to work on designs then take that and throw it in canva whatever it might be like all these little things and boom you put it on the website which was designed by ai <laughs> and there you go you've got a product you've got a logo you've got a slogan you have a mission you have a vision everything all done and you're making residual income just like that and, and you're you know here's the thing people can think about this as being lazy but i'm telling you like it is a lot of work i mean it is, it is like like if if you sat down to for somebody to say i'm gonna build a business Zero. Uh, generating business off of ai uh you know what i mean like and the, the imagine you know the, the early remember the remember that website insta song uh yes yes i do you, you fill out this form like a like a mad libs you know yeah. and then what it does is it asks you all these questions and then it puts in these songs like it puts it together as this one um vocal performance and it's got the guy's name in it and it's got the like happy birthday some jj medos sent me one that was brilliant it was like uh you're you're smoking more weed today and you have horrible gas and blah 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 happy birthday kevin right so we look at this brilliant service (laughs) somebody had to build that do you know how long that took to build and so imagine like the people nowadays like the 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 trial and error and trial and error and keeping having to keep getting these tweaking these things to do what what you want it to do um and and imagine this being like the the vehicle that gets you like it's actually ironically the thing that gets you off the couch because if you say i can't do anything i can't do anything i can't do anything but then you discover these little tools that go wait a minute wait a minute um this just helped me write an old bio 
And now I'm thinking about my life as a content creator doing whatever it was I was going to teach video on quilting or whatever it was. Wait a minute. So can, and then, the, then they're now they're inspired and now they've done all their, like their logos with AI. They've done their, a lot of their video content with AI, but what ends up happening? Somebody across the world is reuniting with their mother on a, watching YouTube video, learning how to quilt. You see what just happens here? Yeah. Like the, like the, the, the Rube Goldberg effect that occurs, if we start taking these tools and try to use them, you know, for, for good and like to forward other people and to forward ourselves positively, uh, in a healthy way, um, we don't need to be using this technology to stomp other people. No. And I'll, I'll tell you that, um, we, I, I have, I've messed with 11 labs and I, uh, I have learned that we can use this, you know, it's, it's just occurred to me as we're, as we're messing with this and watching some of the YouTube videos, we can use this technology to lift somebody up or completely lay them low. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. you can with the, with the click of a mouse, the double tap of your finger, you can lay waste to someone's character this is where we need uncle ben coming in and saying with great responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility yes. and it's it, it true <laughs> and it is it absolutely is there are look there there are people there are there are people that i'm seeing in my life right now that are that are bullying others yeah and I can't handle it. I can't handle it either. And there's no. a part of me that's like, dude, I could shut this guy down with yeah. a little bit of AI and a remix. And is that really necessary? Yeah. I thought about it. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. I thought about it. That's I should be indicted just for that much. Like <laughs> horrible things that I could have this person say. And I, some of it is actually not AI'd. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we, we really need to, you know, we, we, we have to gird ourselves. Well, because let's let's be really honest. We are in the infancy stages of this new era of artificial intelligence and machine learning. And truth be told, I mean, it, it's just like the dawn of social media. Right. In 2004, 2005, maybe even a little bit before then, when we saw MSN and instant messaging, when Facebook and Twitter first really started coming around and people are like, oh, my God, I can actually talk to this person from across the world. And, you know, then we saw fake profiles coming up. People would, you know, it, it'd be instigating different uh, opportunities for for slander and all these other things. But uh, this, this goes into the same thing I've been talking about for so long, and it's all mentality. You can either use this for good or you can use this for bullshit. Yep. That's it. Nothing else. So let's talk about the word good because I I yeah doing a um I was doing a um a gig on Saturday for this local ministry in, in Traverse City called Single Mom and they do a lot of stuff nice. for a lot of people that have a lot of problems. That's awesome. Good on you. Know, it's 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 like it it is like they have they have pulled people out of more train wrecks than they probably can shake a stick at that what this what this ministry has done to these folks anyway the, the the woman that ran it uh what after i play they always do like this presentation i'm sitting in the back and i'm listening and it's this beautiful story uh her talking about chronicles of narnia and she's talking about like you know a, a good book to, to read with your kids it's a mother's day event talking about you know whatever and she talks about and and I, I love chronicles of narnia but i've not read it all the way through so there's a bunch i don't know and she hit on something that i did not know and it's a line that drilled into my head and it was she said so they say they're they're having a conversation and i can't remember where or who and they say tell me about this aslan is he safe and somebody goes not safe but good. And sometimes what we do, we have to understand, we have to be willing that some of it's not safe, but it has to be good. It's almost like chaotic, you, know, you know, like the chaotic good in like role playing where it's okay sometimes 
we, we have to be kind. We have to be uplifting. We have to be all of this. But sometimes it's okay when we know that it needs to happen to be a little bit unsafe and stare into the face of things that shouldn't be existing. It's like facing your fears. I mean, let's 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 cross that into mental health, right? Like when you are when you are face to face and persevering through an obstacle, yes, it's going to be unsafe. But at the end of the day, in order for you to prevail through that, you have to be willing to take that step and say, I can do this and I'm not going to let this overpower me. And and sometimes we have to do things and say things that other people might think are unsafe. Mm hmm. That's unsafe. No, yeah, it is unsafe, but it's good. It has to be said. And there's there's things that are baking in my noodle about some of our our culture. <laughs> and I'm not gonna go there, but it's it's stuff that I really think we we des we all deserve better for each other. Right. I think part of what needs to happen is there needs to be an education of um how are we going to allow others to treat us? Man, I had a three hour conversation with Derek Lane. Man, good guy. Good guy. Shout and, out to Derek. Yeah. And I I was going on and on about an injustice that's occurring in my social circle. And it's it's it and in my eyes, it's a grave injustice and it's not right. And um he said, you know what? It comes down to you. How, what are you going to allow? Mm. And so sometimes if you decide that there are things in your life that you're not going to allow anymore, um, that is unsafe. Cause now you're standing up and saying, I really believe that this has to be said because now if you're just one of these guys, it's like, well, I'm brutally honest. And if you don't like it, well, you just don't, you, you either like me or you hate me. I do not want to be that guy. No, absolutely not. Because I don't think that that's what this is. I think it needs to be. There are times where we, we have to be gentle. Like most of the time, I really believe that. But then there are moments where we have to say not on my watch. Right. And it's other people at risk. You know, and so uh, standing anyway, up to bullies, you know, being, right. it's, being it's standing up yeah. to these kind of, um, and, you know, the, these things that we're seeing around us and the, the way people are being treated. And so it's we are allowing things in our our culture, especially in the blindness culture that we shouldn't be allowing for. Ourselves. Man, that brings up a really interesting point. I've been talking about this in various communities and different game chats and, you know, just trying to stir up the conversation because I'll, let me start with this. We're a minority. Number yep. one. Whether we want to embrace or accept that, we are. From a societal standpoint, based on American standards, we are considered a minority within the disabled community. Add on top of that, we are a minority within a minority because we are in the disabled community, but we are our own brand, if you will. Now, and I'm sure there's going to be disagreements on that. That's fine. But that's the way I see it. And because of that, what happens? What what do people naturally do when they feel vulnerable? You either lay down and hide or you're an animal, right? And, and then there's that percentage of people in the middle that want to do what's right and try and balance things, right? So what I'm getting at is there's a superiority complex problem that I've seen within the blindness community across the spectrum where those who receive SSI and those who, you know, who receive wages and who work, there's a, there's a line right there where people in that, in those two categories are at war with each other um, in, in some shape or form. Right. Do, do you see what I'm saying? I absolutely do. And yeah, it, it's like, uh... my question is why? Right. I know exactly. Well, I know why for me. Let me hear your take on it. So I'm one of those assholes. Can I say <laughs> that word? If not, I can. Will you cut it out? No, please. Like I said, this is a free speech podcast. I, I, I am. I have. I have gone on record for years as being a judgy, wudgy asshole in a lot of things. And after going through my mental health, uh, thing that I'm still going through, this is you never arrive. If you think you've arrived in mental health transformation land, you're, you're, you're barking up the wrong false, uh, you're, you're barking up the, the false positive. That is a lifelong journey. So, uh, do not, um, 
do not fall down the toxic positivity rat hole of we're always riding this right always so when I, went through, when I went through this mental health thing i realized the reason that i was so difficult as a musician as a person uh judgy to other blind people had nothing to do with any of the people around me it is because i have, have my entire life have dealt with a a overwhelming sense of uh, um it, imposter syndrome uh, yes whatever you want to call this rsd rejection sensitivity disorder sure. uh feeling like a pile of garbage um and so when you feel un when, when you when you walk into a space and your back is already up because you feel like you don't belong there so the thing you feel like, well, what's the, you know, you're kind of thinking in your head, well, what's the one thing I know really well, right? What's, you're going to, you're going to gravitate towards, uh, the, the, uh, something that you can show off or something that you can yes, put on display. Because when I walk into a room, I, I never, you know, the, the thing is like, I, I don't have a hang up as a musician or anything like this. And I know some people have this thing where they'll hear somebody that's amazing and they go, well, shit, I should just quit. Whatever. I, I, you know, that's never been my hangup. I always love uh, being in a room with my betters where I have the hangup is that when I feel like I'm always surrounded by people that are cooler than me and it's yeah. my perception. But if I'm in a room with people that are singers, songwriters, and they are, which, which I have been, I spent three months with them and I was probably a complete and utter maniac to be around. Right. Because these people like in my brain were way fucking cooler than I was, would ever be, you know, I, I walked in there and I felt like, you know, as a, as a musician from a calculated standpoint, I can rock a room playing Benny and the jets and all the entertainment stuff. Cause that's what I did as a cover. Yeah. Musician. Yeah, absolutely. I walked into a room with songwriters and they outgunned me. They were the most amazing songwriter. Not only that, but they, they, they knew how to communicate as a person and they knew all of this, like they knew their audience. They knew what they were after. They knew what I just knew what I could do. Like I can play 90 notes a minute. I can, you know, or I try. So what did I do? I kind of, you, you know, when you feel that woefully inadequate, you take the shred route. Yeah. Yeah. You, go, you know, and you say, I can fucking shred this right now. That's Why? right. Yeah. And then you become this really difficult person, not necessarily because you wake up every day thinking you're the greatest musician, but because you wake up every day thinking you are severely outgunned. Correct. So you know let me, let me throw something at you. Go ahead. Right. Because you and I struggle somewhat with the same thing, uh, me on a different end, right? Because as a guitar player who's been, you know, I've got albums under my belt, you've got albums under your belt. We both have been in front of audiences. We both have been in and out of bands and have had, um, you know, various points of success in our own individual careers. But let's talk about that word success for a minute. Okay, this is a common topic. I feel like that comes up a lot um, on the show with every guest that I have, but it also <clears throat> is something that I see a lot just in general with individuals who are on that mental health journey because we, in a lot of ways, especially as artists, we put our emotions, we put our feelings, our experiences, our vulnerabilities, our aggression, everything on display when we play music and to the average listener, that's not always apparent, but as, as artists, you know, there is a certain amount of vulnerability that comes. And I believe in, in so many facets of, of being, you know, I guess in these pairs of shoes, right. Is that sometimes I think we shape our own version and reality of sex, sex, <laughs> success, oh, that, too. Yeah, that too. There you go. <laughs> we shape our version and reality of success based on what we've seen in other people. And uh, I don't, I think that's wrong. Um, it's, it's, it is the one thing that has driven me to the point of hating this business 
and have having having to admit to an outpatient psychiatric facility that you are ideating. Mm. It is exactly what you were just talking like that very thing. Yeah. Because you know what? So, you know, when I talked a minute ago, spending three months with musicians and feeling outgunned. Yeah. You know what the, you know what the, the, the crazy part about that is? Huh? They never made me feel that way. Hmm. You know what it is? It's I'm a, I was a terrible receiver. Reciprocation of, or reciprocation. Of, gift, of gifts. Yeah. Because you know what I had people saying to me? They, they, they said uh, it wasn't people, you know, the, the, the people that, that were in that, in my life at that time, they weren't saying things like, yeah, dog, this is the greatest song I've ever heard, man. It's going to be number one hit, right? You think that's what a, an accolade you, you think you might want to hear. But when you have somebody grab your hands and say, this is a really good song. You should be proud of it because it affected someone. Yes. I think if somebody tells you something like that, like this moved me to something, you should already know that the ball has already started moving down the ramp on the Rube Goldberg machine. And success is, it has to be, you you have to figure out what that lens looks like for you. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about this. In addition to that, right? Because you make a huge valid point. I think another huge part of success is who the fuck are you spending time around? Right? Like, uh, and, and maybe you can resonate with this, but I believe that if I want to be successful, because it's my version of success, not anybody else's, it's mine. And then it's yours. I want to make sure that I surround myself with people who are genuinely going to tell me, hey, man, you did a great job today. I'm proud of you. You did a great job. And and then in return, I do the same because it's an equal 50 50 recipient uh, recipient. Um, you know, involvement when being in a community or when being in a group, like being in a band or being in a business or a career, like you want to surround yourself with people who have equal minds. Like I tell you all the time, like, Kevin, I love this fucking song. <laughs> like, and because that's me giving you a genuine like, hey, this song actually genuinely touched me and I like it. I can sit back. I can listen to it. It tells me a story in my own way. And that's me giving you that affirmation, right? Because my love language has always been words of affirmation. Big one. Always has been. So I, I want to, so this is, you're, you're absolutely right. But I also think we need people on the other side. And we, but we cannot, we need people that are willing to tell us that something is not good. We need the bad rhyme police. We need the bad chord police. <laughs> we need the really cold solo police. But they need to be people who, are doing it out of because they're walking alongside of you on this record, not because they just heard it in a chat room on the internet. And you're like, that solo sucks. Right. You want constructive criticism and constructive feedback from somebody who has respect for and you. I'll tell you. So I, I have a, I have a tune on one of my records and there's a solo on it that I hastily had somebody play. And I convinced myself that it was good. It is a good solo, but I convinced myself that it was the best for the song somehow. And Ian Baird, who played drums, bass, and guitar on that record, said, this solo is cold and lifeless, but it's your record. Problem is, the record was already out. You know, like, like, <laughs> we were, like no, we were, we were, we were, sorry, we were in the, in the mastering process. What record, was, what record are you referring to? Well, I'm not going to say, because I don't want uh, 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 to, it has not been player. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. It, it was, um, and it, it, it was somebody I, I haven't, I haven't spoken with in a really, really long time that, that did the solo and they're, they're a brilliant guitar player. But after, after going through the, the, the record and we're, we're, we're listening to it, he goes, I love this record. I think that solo is cold and I think it's lifeless and it pissed me off, but then it's like, if I, if I think back and I go, what was really that solo that was in my head is not the one that's on that record. I think if, if the solo that was in my head were to have actually made it on that record, even if, even if the, the note choices maybe weren't technically potentially what Ian would have liked or what I would have gone a different direction or whatever, you know how that works. Yeah. You would, he would have heard my head and go, okay, that would totally be a solo that he would put in there. And that makes perfect sense for the song. Right. But when you, I hastily crafted something out of something and people see through it. Yeah. 
And you don't want them to see through it because no. you, you don't want them to. You don't want that. You don't want your people to have your number, but you should. They're, they're, they have to. There's yeah. a song. Um, there's a band called Eleven. E-L-E-V-E-N. It spells it out. It's one of the greatest bands ever. There's a song called All My Friends. And the lyrics are so damn simple. Who's there to shut me up? Who's there to shut me up? All my friends. All my friends. Who's there to hear me out? Who's there to hear me out? All my friends. All my friends. You need your friends to be like, that is the greatest solo you have come up with in a very long time. And I know you struggled with it. And I know you were like, you didn't even want to do it. And I think that's great. And you journeyed through that. And that is phenomenal. Or to say, I can tell that was a copy paste job. Is this true? <laughs> and you go, uh, yeah, <laughs> but we can't look, we don't know how to make perfect records. We just know no. how to make the thing that we know how to make. And then yeah. we make the next record. We find less and less wrong with it. That's right. Because we find less and we find more and more right within ourselves as a composer. And then we keep going and going. And I took about a 10 year break, but uh, that that's a whole thing. But the, the thing is that you want your people to be able to give you the accolades that are necessary, the feedback that you need, and also to give you the pushback that you need and go, you can, I promise you can do this better. One time I, Ian sent me a song. Uh, uh, it was one of the spring clock wonder records. And I said, I love, this is, you know what? I love, I've always loved this song, but you're sharp. And I don't think he liked that very much. And it was not, I wasn't, even trying to be that, yo, bro, I'm being brutally honest, man. If nobody, if, if, if I didn't tell you this, nobody will, man. It was literally like, I love this song and there is a note that's out and it's distracting me. And you're a great singer. Sure. I don't have a, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm telling from, from a musician who loves your music, there's a note that's out and you know what? He, he, Ha he voiced his opinion or whatever on the phone a long time. I don't remember what the conversation was and he didn't really like, it was like, all right, I guess. I mean, whatever you say, I mean, okay, well the Beatles were sharp. I mean, you know, so, and, and that, that is a very good answer. And so I, I left it alone. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't control, you know, uh, what he eats doesn't make me shit. I'm just being his buddy. And <laughs> I love this tune. And yeah. there's like a couple of parts of it that are just distractingly out. Yeah. And I'll be damned if he didn't release the record and f he did fix it. Oh. And it wasn't that much. It wasn't like make or break. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, I, I don't even know if he recut it or if he just bumped the tuning down. It doesn't matter. It was perfect. Like it was, it was where it was in the, the parameters of where the brain goes. Ah, that note, that beautiful chord right there is on now. Oh God, because he has these great, like, like kind of seventh, you know, these in this song has some kind of interesting kind of dynamic, uh, like dominant seven here and here and there. And there's this beautiful like melody that's going on and in, in, in twining with that. And I'm like, Oh, but it's so beautiful. And it's just out by like, I don't, I'm not even, I don't have perfect pitch. So I'm not saying, um, so in, in bar 25, like beat four, tick 453. When you say the word gold, <laughs> it's sharp. <laughs> the brain is just going, no, dude, this is, this is so beautiful. And there's this one spot that just keeps going. And all yeah. I'm doing is pointing it out and he can choose to fix the or not. Because it's his record. If he wants the on there, he should. There you go. And he fixed Everybody it. needs a little, you know, Absolutely. there you go. <laughs> oh, God. The record is full of, you know, yeah. <laughs> things that I so, never. So listen, man, we've, we've already gone over an hour. Can you believe that? Yeah, I apologize. I hope I hope you. No, feel like no, no, no apologies, bro. We're doing this again. Hey, okay. listen though, before before we even close out, um, wow, you are you are probably one of the best uh, guests that we've had on the show. Um, as far as people listening to your music, let's let's talk about that. Where can okay. we where can we find the music? Okay, so if you go to kevinreeves.net, uh, we have a I have a link tree up there. And it just has everything on it. Instead of doing this like website thing where it's like, welcome to the official home of Kevin Reeves. Poke around, see what you like, buy something in the store, click like. 
um, instead of doing that, I, I just have this thing that just is my whole tree of links. And there's Spotify and uh, Amazon and all of the other streaming services up there, as well as Bandcamp. And there's my Air Gigs profile for hiring uh, musician work and things like that. And it's literally just this this drab little dentist office place on the web. It's kevinreeves.net. It'll forward to my link tree. It's drab. It's whatever. I, I have no frills. There you are. You can hit me up and contact me there as well. And um there you have it. Are you still teaching with uh, IC Music? I am. That's awesome. Can you give us uh, give everyone like a quick description of IC Music and what you guys do? Yeah, so it's a um, it's a um, a company that does a lot of music tech instruction from a blindness perspective. Uh, we've got Reaper courses, Pro Tools, Logic. Uh, we've got this amazing team of people that are just in their element. I mean, these guys are awesome guys. Uh, like yeah. there's no need. We don't people, people don't have to stay in their lanes because they're carving them so well. And it's like they're, this beautiful tapestry of things that they're, that they're teaching and, and, and things that our, our folks are, are being able to do because of what these guys do. And we've got DJ and we've got, um, I'm the, I'm the pro tools guy, but it's funny. I teach pro tools, but 90% of my my recording time isn't reaper anymore you know it's really you know it's really funny about you and pro tools um nate kyle who's he's a name uh that kind of floats around the blind community he's my boss up here in alaska really really good friend he actually learned how to use pro tools from you uh was it a one-on-one thing or was it like it was it was some of your like tutorials that you put out and, and oh. stuff like that. It was like, well, documentation. I, you know what? I'm glad, you know, and, yeah. and uh, buddy, you know what? Uh, I hope you're doing well in pro tools land. I'm not mine is severely broken right now. <laughs> this is yeah, literally, yeah. I should be fired. Um, I, I, I am, I am having a hell of a time. And this is why I tell you like, to, this is why I say to people, look, the, the, the the job of an instructor is not to know everything it's that's not. the worst thing for an instructor to do yeah the job of the instructor is to be able to take the stuff that's there and communicate it and i have 15 years of 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 experience but now i can go back to my students and go look right now my pro tools is broken and so i'm going through a process of trying to fix it and i can teach them how i'm trying to figure it out because i don't know what the answer is yeah. So I can be like, look, you're going to deal with this sometimes. And I've, I've talked about my little pro tools woes with my folks. And I'm like, here's what I'm figuring out. And it has to do with Ventura. And it's a weird thing. But yeah, we're, we're, um, I hope you're doing better than I am, Nate, because <laughs> <laughs> Ventura broke it. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I got to say just uh, you, you amaze me. And, you know, I'm, I'm really just grateful to call you a friend. And I know a lot of people, especially uh, the, a lot of the new blind students that are coming up and learning music and getting into Logic, Reaper, Pro Tools and and other various uh, digital audio workstations. You know, there's there's resources out there. There's plenty, you know, you want to check out the Reaper accessibility wiki, uh, go, go check out IC music. What's the website? icmusic.com. Or, uh, well, I think they now have calm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go give Byron a shout if he wants some training, uh, yeah. any, any, anywhere you want to go, Reaper logic, pro tools, whatever. We, we, there's a, there's a, a thing there, a curriculum to fill your deal. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. Well, Kevin, this has been a pleasure, man. And and let's do this again. Just, just to chit chat and talk shit. I, think I appreciate you, man. And let's, um, I, when you're ready to make your record, just holler when you want tambourine or something on it. I'm in. Hey, you know it, man. And actually, actually speaking of that before we end the show. So my last metal album, I just finished. I, st- I put the stamp on it and for, for my next record, I'm actually walking away from logic and using Reaper for this next record. I, I want to try it. I really, you know, cause I've been learning how to use it. I got native instruments all set up. I got, I got waves access. So I got all the waves plugins that I need and, um, you know, just having all the tools. And I just, I love the intuitive design. It's so different. You know what I mean? And I've been using Reaper for yeah. years, but well, not per, you not know, not as a primary. And I'll say, and the only reason I say, Oh, good. is not because I dislike logic because I love logic. I can't oh, yeah. use, the, the thing, this is what's beautiful about humanity is I, I think logic is brilliant. I, oh, it it is. My brain and I can't use it. I don't use it, but I think it's brilliant. 
I yeah. just doesn't work for my brain. I get lost. Yeah. I bet you need six, eight months worth of work and I'll probably have something going, but I don't like the idea of editing audio in logic. I would prefer making beats in it. Um, but to see you go, well, I've been using logic and I'm really good in it, but now I'm going to go to Reaper. You've just jangled the creative process to where you're going to hit the wrong button one day and it's going to booger up a performance and it's going to be the happy accident that you go, Oh my God. Well, <laughs> and I made that, I wouldn't have made that mistake. Well, and what I really like reversal thing now just occurred, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. What I really like about Reaper and it's the little things, right? It's usually always the little things. What I really like about Reaper. That's in my opinion, a little easier to do than logic is when you're doing individual track edits and you want to place automated effects on different items. That's so much fucking easier to do in Reaper than it is logic. Cause with logic, you have to split it. Then you have to bounce it to a new track, you know, do all of these extra little ditties, which is fine if you don't mind the workflow, but in Reaper, you don't have to add those additional components. I thought logic had like a transform menu that when you, when you split an item on the waveform, you could go into like the transform and pull up a plugin maybe you can't because I, like if if you if you can then i don't know about it that would be interesting to uh i'm gonna look into that check because there's always there's always the one thing hidden inside of logic or reaper that one of us didn't know it could do like somebody yeah. showed, like john lucas showed me something on whatsapp that's been there forever and i didn't know it was there and it was yeah. an Os it was a it was either an osara thing or it was an sw it was an sws thing i didn't know it was there how do i you know we don't know all these things and so it it might be something hanging out in that transform menu it's like you know in in, in reaper you can do the the input effects or the the, the effects chain on the item or in pro tools yeah. they call audio suite in SoundForge, it was where you highlighted the bit of audio and then you went to the effects menu and went down to delay or something. Oh, right? Everybody remember SoundForge? <laughs> <laughs> like you're oh, baking effect into the waveform, you know? Yeah. I, Logic's got to think, but, but Reaper is very easy to do as well uh, with that. And, and it's uh, lightweight, too. It's a very lightweight program on the CPU. You know, so it's it's just very I recorded, resourceful. Look, I recorded vocals on a Microsoft Surface 3 with four gigs of RAM hooked into a... Uh, actually, it was the device you now have, the um, the, the one that... that the 18 20 The one that I think you blew one up on and I blew another one up on it. But, oh, oh, yeah. No, that's for why sure. I gave you a deep discount on it. Uh, <laughs> the 18 going into the Surface, and it was some of the worst lagginess i've ever experienced but i but it worked but you still got I, it to work yeah get an air gigs client done on a damn surface with hardly any ram yeah there you go well man let's close up shop i we could be sitting here for hours <laughs> <laughs> i already know that we could um but thanks everybody if you're new to the podcast please subscribe and uh definitely leave some uh, feedback and leave a review on apple appreciate having kevin reeves in the tony gephardt show studio today and we'll be sure to have kevin back in to hang out kevin thanks a lot man appreciate you man have a great night all right now i'm waiting on the world to change